The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. I know it gets trite and overused, but elections really do matter. But you have to think of the elections in an opposite direction. Stop thinking of them as top-down presidency, Senate, you know, things of that nature. And think about it from the bottom up. School board, city council, going into your mayor and your, you know, state legislatures. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. I mean, Chesterfield County, Virginia, just passed their transgender bathroom policy through the school board. So that means John, who has a D, who wants to be Jen without a V, can now use the opposite sex bathroom to take a P. I don't mean the letter P. So that's where we're at. And if you were attending the school board meetings like they were in Loudoun County after the fact, then, you know, you would be, uh, you wouldn't be in this situation. But we tend to just let those things go on. But we also tend to think that we voted for people that weren't insane. And that's gone out the window now. Loudoun County can tell you about it. But what we really need to do is we need to be, we need to be treating our state like its own nation. You know, Ron DeSantis, that's why he's so good. Look at what Ron DeSantis did. He decided to go around the state and some of these battleground school board elections, some of these battleground city council elections, he's out there stumping for them like a president would. Now, granted, there are situations where you'll have a rally and you'll have the governor and state legislatures and commissioner of revenue and city treasurer and things like that, and they're all on the same on the same stage for the same event. But no, these were events where they were out there doing their own rally and DeSantis decided to show up because he's governing his state like its own nation, as he should. He is elected to represent the people of the state of Florida, not to worry about the federal interest, right? And that's the thing. What what we have to look at is the reason why he's doing such an effective job is because he's thinking in that manner. What's my constitution? What am I allowed to do as an executor? And what am I going to do for the people of Florida? I'm not going to care about all these other things. Now, what he's also doing on top of that is he's looking over the hill at what the left is doing, all the trends that are coming. And he's nipping them in the bud before they even happen. See, the problem is most Republican governors just kind of govern worry about the tax policy, worry about, you know, a couple small things here and there. But the leftist agenda that creeps in like a cancer gets to be implanted into the the state government. And then we find out the hard way and have to start ripping it all out. Not DeSantis. He sees it coming a mile away because he knows everything the left is going to do nationally. They're going to attempt to do at in his state. So he just jumps in front of it as he should. But he also understands his constitutional authority. Think of your name. Think, think of my state, state of Virginia. The Constitution of Virginia is basically the framework for the United States Constitution for the most part. And so 
govern that constitution for our state. Make your states redder. Make your city councils redder. If anything, the COVID should have COVID pandemic lockdowns should have taught you one thing. We like to bag on Trump and say, you know what? That was the one mistake you made. You shut the country down 15 days to flatten the curve. You should have never done that. Well, he did make the statement that he wanted it to do that. But the governors then took it and the governors held the country hostage, kept everybody in lockdown for months. Now, Governor Kemp down there in Georgia wanted to open back up early and Trump kind of was vocal about attacking him. And I think he felt the pressure of the fact that he gave Dr. Fauci just carte blanche to get up there and speak every day when he should have fired that guy early on. That's a whole nother separate matter. But the fact that the, the governors were able to bring the country to a halt and keep it to a halt longer than it should have. I mean, it never should have been to a halt, but longer than they requested. And the federal government couldn't do anything. They said, well, what are you going to send the National Guard in? Couldn't do anything. And that's what we need to be looking at. And so making your states redder, that's the key. I mean, check this out. Here in Virginia, speaking of Virginia, be aware that your state legislatures might be undermining you. I want to play a clip from Secretary of Energy uh, Granholm, Jennifer Granholm, and she keeps making this statement about California being the model. And the reason why that's key is they're not just some shining example. Oh, no. They have tethered other state legislatures to their energy policy to the point where if California makes a decision on energy policy, like say they want to ban all uh, lawnmowers and, you know, they're doing that actually. They want to ban all leaf blowers and, you know, small combustible engines uh, because of their emissions. And everybody's going to have battery pack, you know, electric uh, lawnmowers, electric Z-turns, battery pack leaf blowers. Well, then Virginia automatically has to do it. What is it? What are the what is the will of the people of the state of Virginia? Where when does their consent get get factored into this? It doesn't. So I'm going to play these clips of Jennifer Granholm, and then I want to read for you this unbelievable. I'm I'm a you know citizen of the state of Virginia that had no idea this was never talked about. This was never issued for debate. None of us knew that this was the case, and it's not just Virginia doing this. They have tethered their energy policy to about 20 plus states. But yeah, listen to this. California is in the lead, can show the rest of the nation how it is done. You think what California is doing could or should be a national model? Could be, could be. I mean, you know, I know every state is different and you always have to respect what the states are doing. But uh, I do think that once people, I mean, California has gotten more used to electric vehicles uh, and we have to bring down the price of electric vehicles so that everybody can access them. And this is why it's uh, great that there's a $4,000 tax credit, for example, on used electric vehicles that has just been adopted through the Inflation Reduction Act. So California is the model, huh? You want to know why Granholm said California is the model? Well, in Virginia, we found out that the state legislatures pegged all energy policy to whatever California decides. To hell with the voters of Virginia. We're just going to follow California. Completely against federalism, completely against consent of the citizens of our state. Listen to this. Virginia's former governor, Democrat Ralph Northam, blackface Northam, talking about putting the kid in a comfortable spot before we kill him if they survived an abortion. 
Yeah, that monster. He signed legislation in 2021 when he wasn't hanging out at the beach house down at, at the uh, North Carolina oceanfront in the beginning of pandemic lockdowns. While you were locked in your home, he was hanging out at the Outer Banks and down at the oceanfront on the boardwalk. Um, he signed legislation in 2021 tying the state's emissions policies to the California Air Resources Board. The board has imposed a regimen to eliminate the scale of gas and diesel fuels by 2025 or 2035, I'm sorry, forcing Virginia to do the same thanks to the 2021 law. In an effort to turn Virginia into California, liberal politicians who previously ran our government sold Virginia out by subjecting Virginia drivers to California vehicle laws, Governor Glenn Youngkin wrote in a comment on Twitter. Now, under that pact, Virginians will be forced to adopt the California law that prohibits the sale of gas and diesel-fueled vehicles. That's insane. Thank God we had a red wave in Virginia. Thank God, Governor Yunkin, Winsome Sears, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, who's an amazing woman, black Jamaican-American woman with common sense and brilliance. She talked about this, too, on a podcast I heard the other day. None of us knew about it. Jason Mares, an amazing attorney general. Our state legislature with Nick Freitas and uh, Barry Knight and some of those other guys, hopefully stepping up to remove this garbage. But I mean, come on. What California is voting for is the crazy energy that California wants. Virginia should not be tied to it. But we found out that there's about 20 other states that is being dictated by the California model. Right. So federalism is gone at that point and they know that and winsome sears made the good uh the good precedent setting analysis that the electoral college in effect could be gone in the same manner so they don't care about the electoral college the federalism that has to be in check to keep the federal government from stepping in they're just deflecting that taking it to the most progressive state and then tying everything to it. So if the federal government can't make the state of Virginia go against what the, the voters want, if the federal government can't make Florida go against what the Floridians want that Ron DeSantis is pushing, then they would have to get a state legislature to tie its policies to California's. That's insane. But we're going to get into some other aspects of why your vote matters on the state end. I mean, your matter is you're, you're voting for state legislatures to pass laws for your state. But if we had the original design of the government, your senators, your federal senators would be chosen, appointed by state legislatures. So you would vote for the House of Representatives, the representative of your, of your district, and then you would vote for your state legislature because your state leg legislature would in turn appoint senators that can serve six years. So you wouldn't have to complain about term limits because you would have two-year terms coming up for re-election every two years, and that six-year stint that the senators get, well, they would have been appointed by state legislatures, so you would want to make sure that your state legislature was tight and was conservative. And that would be an important thing to you at that point. Instead of this popularity contest where we send somebody off like Mitch McConnell for six years at a time. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. So with California basically 
dictating the energy policies of 20 other states, including the state of Virginia. Um, it violates federalism. It's also a really disturbing thing to learn because of the fact that Ga- Governor Gavin Newsom is basically a World Economic Forum globalist, that California is tying its energy policy to Agenda 2030, which we're not that far away from. And so then they get to dictate what all these other states are doing. And California is going to have rolling blackouts, brownouts, trying to get everybody to plug their electric cars into a grid that's not going to be able to even sustain it. They've got homelessness and rioting in San Francisco. It's just, it's just insane. This is the policies that they want. Um, critical racism theory, which is basically critical race or critical theory, which is a political class system uh, par- pitting one political class against another, except for they've taken the political class out of it, middle class, lower class, upper class, and replaced it with a race, black, Asian, white, uh, whatever, brown. You know, it's funny how we've gone from in the 90s calling black people African-American to reverting back to just calling them black and brown people, but that's a whole nother story. So you have to vote for your local elected officials, but you have to be careful about how you do that because most of the candidates, when I've researched them, they don't even put a party affiliation up there. A lot of them will just say they're independent. You kind of got to look at their signs, but even their signs, you know, maybe misleading. You know, I've got a, I've got somebody running for house of representatives right now, blue sign, full on Republican. You have to go to their website and you have to pick through their campaign agendas and, and their policy agendas and look for those code words. You start seeing diversity and equity and all that and then climate or, you know, sustainable sustainability, then that's the progressive. You need to steer clear of that person. Um, but you could end up with somebody like mayor of, of Boise, Idaho. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. This story with about Boise, Idaho. The mayor, Lauren McLean, launched a public defense of the city's decision to host a festival featuring child drag shows, arguing that they're positive, inclusive, they're inclusive events for all ages. So when you get into those inclusivity, diversity, equity, all that BS, you know what you're dealing with at that point. Um, You're dealing with a leftist. And so... (laughs) There's a lot of developments going on in this situation. This, uh, the fact that Boise wanted to hold this festival featuring child drag queens as young as 11 years old, and it was sponsored by Citibank, Wells Fargo, Target, Hewlett Packard, right? Because th- this is the globalist agenda. This is what they want. And there was an organization, a bank, that decided, you know what? We're not playing this. And that was Zion Bank. It's a, they posted this. Over the years, Zion Bank has supported a variety of Pride events because they are an important part of our support for our LGBTQ employees and allies and are representative of all of our efforts to foster an inclusive, diverse, and equitable workplace and community. This support for all of our employees and communities remains unchanged. However, when we committed to our sponsorship of this year's Boise Pride event, We were unaware of the event's activities involving children and minors. Since learning of these specific activities, we have made the decision to withdraw our participation in this year's Boise Pride event and have communicated this to the event organizers. So Zion Bank pulled out and everybody piled on. One person said, 
You capitulated to the right-wing extremists who are spreading QAnon conspiracy theories. What an absolutely pathetic display. Do you think it's okay for your LGBTQ employees and customers to show pride in the community, but only if they agree to feel shame in front of their kids? Then this one, that this is disappointing. If you support all others to be who they are, they support all people and of all ages. I cannot understand why you somehow think being who you are at age 18 is okay, but it's not okay to be who you are at age 17. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, there, I mean, it's, they, the, the statements go on and on and on. You gave in to extremists, shame on you. They, I mean, they stuck to their values. I mean, what do you say? Well, it's, it's pretty crazy because, um, that event eventually was canceled. <laughs> Update. Our phone calls have gotten at least one sponsor to pull their sponsorship, Zion Bank. And then somebody said in response to that, nice, this whole thing makes me sad. I grew up an hour outside of Boise. I hate what it's turning into. Well, the breaking news, Chris Rufo, who does a lot of reporting on CRT and, and drags, drag queens being brought into the schools, said the, Bri uh, the Boise Pride Festival has suspended its drag kids' performance which had been scheduled to include child drag queens as young as 11 years old. The festival did not provide any evidence for the alleged safety concerns that they were worried about. This is a common technique when the left-wing organizations get caught promoting something awful. They scream harassment rather than take responsibility for their actions. Such claims are often baseless. You know, that was happening with Boston Children's Medical Hospital. They had a, a collection of videos let me play a, co a couple of these videos and you can kind of get an idea of the fact that what they're doing is really insane. A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves and parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically and actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the, quote, opposite gender toys, things like that. There is more and more a group of adolescents that we are seeing that really are coming to the realization that they might be trans or gender diverse a little bit later on in their life. So what we're seeing from them is that they always sort of knew something was maybe off and didn't have the understanding to know that they might be trans or have a different gender identity than the one they had been assigned. So that is a, a growing population that, they are, that we are seeing and that's being recognized as being trans and able to be treated. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three, and usually up to the ages of nine. When they come 
going to the clinic, they'll see one of our psychologists and we'll be talking to them about their gender. We'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development. And we'll be answering any parent questions. A lot of parents do have questions and so we answer those questions. The biggest piece of advice I give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital is to just be supportive. Um, sometimes you might not understand, sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't kind of get exactly what the child means when they say that they might be this gender, but the biggest thing you can do is just love your child and support them and just allow them to express themselves. That's the biggest protector as well against negative mental health effects such as depression, suicidality, anxiety that we worry about for our gender diverse kids and young adults. So that support from a parent is one of the best protective factors and one of the best things they can do. So there, you've got two separate individuals from that medical, that medical uh, institution, Boston Children's Medical, who are talking about cutting up a child and turning them into a different gender that, and, and calling it affirming surgery. It's, it's surgery that destroys your body. And they don't even know at that age. But you know what? They turned around and then the next day said, oh, we had a bomb threat. And so they want to think that just because we're not teaching our kids in school, um, you know, what to, to be transgender and to, to uh, take on different genders like non-binary, cis, two-spirit, all that BS, is we're, we're now inciting violence because these individuals may be uh, mentally, uh, in, not unstable, but mentally soft, and they might actually take their own life. And it's just a reach. It's a giant reach. And it's a way that they can silence us and move the ball, move the agenda across. And that's why you have to vote locally. That's why you have to vote your school boards. That's why you have to stand up like they did in Loudoun County, because you don't know what's being, what's creeping in. And you may not have a governor like Ron DeSantis who's going to attack it proactively you may get somebody that's going to wait until it's implanted, and then it's already there. Then you got to yank it out. It's harder to yank it out than it is to just stop it on the offensive end. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. You can also donate to the show, anchor.fm slash support slash or Adrian Slade slash support. You can call to be on the show, 1929-GOGO-USA. That's 1929-GOGO-USA. See you guys next time.